again and welcome. It's Ken Drews and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt. Sometimes I say the garden show, sometimes gardening 2.0 because we're not a show for people who never garden or who don't know anything about plants, but they won't be listening to this anyway. We're a show for gardeners. We're a show for people who have common sense when it comes to plants and when it comes to gardens. And that's a lot of people. And I'm glad that you're one of those people who are listening to me. And uh, as you may or may not know, I'm the author of 19 books on gardening. And uh, my 20th book will be coming out in April. That's my 20th book in my 25-year career of, of writing and often photographing garden books. Now, not all of those books are those giant uh, illustrated books that I'm best known for but my first big illustrated book was many years ago when nobody was making illustrated garden books and I I produced one of the first two I can say the first two because one was visions of paradise by Marina Schintz and one was the natural garden by me and that was kind of a risk for publishers then because as I said people weren't writing garden books there had been a garden book boom earlier in the 1970s, which was kind of uh, left over from the uh, indoor gardener hippie movement. And people had indoor plants. And there were lots of books written about indoor plants and growing indoor plants under lights. And I had tons of indoor plants. That's how I got into it. And there was a glut on the market. And publishers said, we will never produce another illustrated garden book. I think I began my career not really growing plants, but I would say way, way, way back, if I can call it a career, uh, playing in the dirt and sculpting with earth in the backyard in New Jersey. I was always interested in art, in making art. And I went to college uh, for filmmaking. And filmmaking is really hard. And I got cured when I tried to, well, I worked in filmmaking a little bit. <clears throat> and I, w I loved those illustrated books that were no longer being made. But when the time came again for, and I had a new idea, which was gardening in a naturalistic style because English gardening had become very popular, and I thought that didn't really fit North America all that well, and I loved native plants, uh, I got an idea to produce an illustrated book. I was, I was very inspired by design books that had been coming out at that time in, in the late 1980s, early 1990s. So I put together a proposal for an illustrated gardening book on naturalistic gardening, and it was rejected. And I went away and came back uh, quite a while later with another proposal and just wore the publisher down, the publisher that I chose to produce the book that I wanted to produce. I speak around the country quite often, and when I used to speak, used to meet people, they'd often come up to me and say, I have a great idea for your next book, and it was often not a great idea, or I would already have an idea for my next book, or it was something that I wasn't really interested in, but generally it was a little bit naive and uh, to imagine that I could actually just publish a book on anything I, I wanted to regardless of my success and uh, minor celebrity, I still had to prepare a proposal, pitch a book, and I had more than one foot in the door, but uh, I, I still had to go through 
what anyone has to go through to publish a book. Later on, people would come up to me at speaking engagements and say that they had a great idea for a book. How do they get it published? If they told me the idea, I'd be polite. But in general, they wouldn't tell me the idea. They'd just ask me more general questions about how to get a book published. And I see often online and on Facebook people who are interested in writing books and interested in knowing a little bit about publishing. And I can only speak from my own experience and, and perhaps the experience of people who I've talked to. But I thought I would address some of those subjects. I asked people if they had specific questions to ask me and I'd, I'd take them on and just make some comments. Let's talk about traditional publishing and publishers first of all. And Naomi asked me, do specific publishers look for specific types of gardening books? How do you find out what topics they are shopping for? Or do you pitch an idea to them without knowing that? How much of a concept needs to be fleshed out? A synopsis, an outline, a chapter, the whole thing. Well, specific publishers do look for specific types of books. And the way you find out what that is is you go to a bookstore if you can find a bookstore, and you look at gardening books, and you look at the books that are how-to books, and you look at the books that are fancy illustrated books, and if you're going to do an illustrated book, take a look at the publishers who have published illustrated books. Write down the name of the publisher, the address of the publisher, anything you can find out from those books, especially the books that are most like the book you'd like to produce. If you're going to write a book that's on uh, maybe hydroponics or something, look for a company that does very specific how-to books with step-by-step -step, uh, text and maybe illustrations, if that's the kind of book you're going to do. And it's very important that you find out the address and everything else you can about the book. If you're going to pitch the book yourself, you have to find out who the editor is at the publisher that you want to address the book to. And you have to check on to see if that person is still employed because those people shift around a lot and uh, staffs are getting uh, made smaller all the time. In most cases, you're going to need an agent, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So the next question, uh, does a publisher have an idea that uh, they're looking for someone to produce, or do you pitch your idea? Well, I think you pitch your idea. But something to be aware of is that the publisher may, or an editor at a publishing house, may have their own uh, take on your idea, and, and they're they're looking to have input. It's up to you. Do you say, okay, I could work with that, or mm, perhaps look for another publisher? Now that's also that's said. Uh, you have to get your foot in the door. And uh, most publishers won't deal with unsolicited manuscripts uh, with a, a, or with an author without an agent. So before you even go to the publisher, in most cases, you have to get an agent, a literary agent. And you need something to show to a literary agent to even get in the door with a publisher. Now, the question about whether you produce the entire book or a concept or a chapter and an outline and a synopsis well, definitely don't present the whole book because they're going to, no matter what you do, they're going to walk in and have ideas and they're going to change what you've produced. I would say a first chapter is a very good idea. A table of contents is as good as an outline, but an outline would be great too, but be prepared to have it altered 
but it probably will alter no matter what when you start to produce the book. And you've got to sell the agent on the concept. People ask me about agents and whether they're necessary and they're going to take uh, 15%. And I have to tell you, they're going to get you more than 15% more than you could get on your own. So an agent is definitely worth it. And you want to find an agent that works on the kinds of books that you're trying to sell. Since I do illustrated books, I, I always walk in with a complete proposal that has that's illustrated the way I think the book might look which it won't turn out to look that way but what the illustrations will be like the table of contents a chapter would be great and as I said not the whole thing it's the old thing of who what when where why tell them what you're going to tell them and who which might be the market and, and perhaps the most that's the most important thing who will this book appeal to and as important as all of that is who you are. I got another question, which was, uh, do publishers want separate writers and photographers? And if yes, would it be helpful to have a known name for either of those who is already interested in the project? Well, most publishers, I would say, would want separate photographers and writers. When I started, it was really strange to take your own pictures. That was a bizarre idea. And I would walk into a publisher with a proposal and my agent, luckily, and the first question probably was, who are you going to get to write this book? And I say write this book because it, where I went, which was the fancy illustrated book publishers, authors were producers. They didn't write their books. They didn't photograph their books. They produced their books. And publishers would give an advance to an author who would then hire a writer and hire a photographer. And the advances way back in the 90s, uh, probably a good advance for an average illustrated garden book with a, with a big publisher would be about $35,000. And you think, oh, well, that's money. But that's the money to hire a photographer hire a writer, and pay yourself for the one year it takes to produce the book. So it's really not very much money at all. And that advance is an advance of cash against royalties. And royalties for an illustrated book are usually between 5 and 7.5% of net or 5 and 75% of gross. So if a book goes for $30 and you're getting 5% of the, of the cover price, you'll get $1.50 if the book is sold for full price in a bookstore. So you have to earn that money back. Um, if you, you have to sell $35,000 worth of books from your royalty before you start making any, any more money from the book that you publish. And $35,000 was a lot of money in the early 90s, but it, believe me, you spent every penny if you hired a photographer and a writer, or more. But the money was for you to produce the book. Now, finding a photographer for that kind of money is very difficult, next to impossible. And usually, you would find a young photographer or perhaps a photographer from another country who wanted to establish themselves in the business in editorial, which is non-commercial photography. And if they produced a 
an entire book, illustrated book, they would have one heck of a portfolio to get more work. And often those photographers would do one book once and they would have that as their portfolio and move on to commercial work, which paid more. Now, let's say you took that entire $35,000 uh, advance and you spent it on, on photography for the photographer. And let's say you had 250 photographs in the book. Well, that's $140 a photograph. And actually, that's not terrible. But then again, what are you going to pay the writer? What are you going to pay yourself for the year that you're working? And when I say a year, it can be almost a year of full-time work to produce a book. If you uh, and it can take over a year to do it. Now there are writers who produce works much faster, and there are people who just write stream of consciousness books. and And I met one writer who was moderately well, quite successful, and he said if it took more than two weeks to write a book, it wasn't worth doing. Well, that's either an opinion or, or I don't know what that is. It takes me at least a year to write a book. And from start to finish, a book can take between two and three years. Because even when you hand it in, it's it's probably 18 months between handing a book in and the day that it, the book comes out. And that's working with a traditional publisher, uh, with editors that are in-house, with designers that may be freelance or in-house, and printing in a foreign country almost always and it can be six weeks on a boat from china two weeks on a dock in los angeles uh, los angeles it's a very long process and i keep saying traditional publisher of illustrated books because i'm talking about the very few big publishers that will do garden books fewer now than ever before as far as having a big name as the writer or the photographer or the author that's really helpful in getting a book deal. Uh, these days, publishers rely on authors to sell books. Uh, and years ago, I remember years and years ago, I would be sent on a publicity tour and stay in a suite in a hotel and hit many cities and go to bookstores and sign books. And those days are completely gone. Now, if you work with a big publisher and you have a, a PR person assigned to your book, they do work in advance of the publication, and when the book comes out, they, they'll promote it for about three weeks. They really rely on you to promote the book. You to promote the book online, you to promote the book by finding places you can lecture, uh, places you can appear, radio shows you can be on, podcasts like this one, television if you're lucky, and that's very difficult to get on television to promote a book. I think what a publisher would most like more than anything is for you to have a tel your own television show to begin with. So if you're a chef on the Food Network, or if you happen to have had a, a garden show on HGTV, I don't think there are too many of those anymore, then you'd have a, an easier time getting a book deal because they've got their, their built-in free marketing right there, and that's what they're looking for. They want you to bring the marketing, you to bring the sales opportunity, you to bring the audience to the book. And that makes me think of another thing. Maybe some people think that you can make money making a book, that uh, you can get rich. You hear about bestsellers. But bestsellers are rarely illustrated books. They're usually novels or... Um, nonfiction books on the economy or but they're they're not big illustrated books 
if you publish a book, it lends credibility to you as an author, as an expert, and then if you're lucky, you can get some speaking engagements and get paid for them. But, uh, you're not going to make a fortune from a garden book. I think my, my best-selling garden book of all time probably sold about 90,000 copies, which is stratospheric for an illustrated garden book. Uh, in the old days, we, when they talked about numbers, they would say that the average illustrated garden book, successful one, would sell about 10,000 copies, which is barely enough to earn back in advance. When garden books got really popular in the late 1990s, there were even bidding wars and auctions to get the next book, and the advances went way up, but those advances rarely got earned back because the, the audience is just somewhat limited, especially if you don't have your own television show. Now, I talked about an agent, and I talked a little bit about uh, whether a publisher will have a specific kind of book and how you find that out. And I just want, want to mention that there is one publisher that goes against the conventional rules of in every way and one way is by having very low advances and having very flexible deadlines and that publisher also has a specific kind of book that they sell and mostly they sell in unconventional ways either mail order or pr primarily through Amazon and they have great success but instead of that $35,000 advance, you might get be offered a $5,000 advance, and that publisher actually will not deal with agents. And most guard books today are published by that publisher, and you probably know who I'm talking about, and they're in Portland, Oregon, and in New York. But they publish a lot of books that, uh, well, they, they republish books, co- editions of books that are British books in this country, and they also sell American books in Great Britain and other English language uh, places. So when you bring a book to them, they have to see that it has a market here in the U.S. and in a market also in Great Britain, where gardening is probably bigger than it is in the United States and maybe even makes more money there than it does here. So if you bring them a book on uh, stars and stripe garden plantings with annuals, not that you would, uh, that wouldn't have much of a market in Great Britain. But if you bring them a book on collecting galanthus, that might have a bigger market in Great Britain than it would here, and it might get published as a monograph. Now, these are just my observations and my experience. One person's take on this whole thing, just a reminder. So why publish with a publisher if you can publish the book yourself? Well, I don't have a lot of experience with self-publishing, and the idea to me is not quite there. And, and it turns out that that's kind of a controversial subject question. Do you publish the book yourself? What's the advantage of having a publisher? The publisher takes all the money. If you self-publish, you can take all the money. Well, there's pros and cons. Suppose you want to produce a book and publish it yourself, and you want it to be really good and look really good. It's going to cost, I think, quite a bit of money. The printing alone is going to cost quite a bit of money. I know that sounds attractive to people to produce your own book, and you can do it. And you can find templates online, and you can go to blurb.com and find out how they self how they help you self-publish a book, and perhaps you can do a run of 200 books, and then if it, it sells, you can sell some more. But you don't have any distribution connections. A self-published book 
isn't going to get around like one from a major publisher. You aren't going to get into whatever bookstores are left in the entire country. You aren't going to be able to promote the book at conventions and the the International Book Fair in Frankfurt and, and other places that traditional publishers are in already. You aren't going to have a team of publicity people. You aren't going to have a promotion person assigned directly to your book unless you pay for that person. And it's it just seems to me that it's it's a it's not a great idea. So if you think about self-publishing, maybe you th should think about both. Try to pitch that book. Try to to peddle that book. To take your idea around. To find an agent if it's possible. And if that doesn't work, or if it isn't going the way you'd like it to go, then maybe you can consider self-publishing. And I think in the future, self-publishing will become more attractive. It'll be less expensive, and there probably may be distribution outlets in the future for self-published books. Um, that's, I'm sure, coming down the line. Online especially. Places that will take self-published books and, and sell them. Otherwise, you're just taking a handful of books and you're taking them from place to place and trying to sell them yourself at book signings and if you give lectures. And then be sure you get a wholesale resale number because you've got to pay taxes on all that as well. At this point in time, I don't see self-publishing as the answer to book publishing's problems. I've not seen a self-published book that was better looking or less expensive than the products that are made the old-fashioned way. I haven't seen sales numbers as high. Uh, there's the distribution I talked about and promotion. And I've been talking an awful lot about promotion. Uh, Benjamin wrote, uh, one hears about platform all the time, but it seems rather case by case as to what puts an idea or manuscript over the top and gets the green light. What kind of experience should a writer have beyond an idea? Not just gardening experience, but speaking, writing, newsletter followers, social media followers. What's more, more important this day and age, the words or the ability to sell those words to a proven number of people that know of the author? Is it 50-50? Well, it seems like maybe it is 50-50. Things change, and things have changed a whole lot recently. There was a time when all you needed to get your ideas across to an audience was a soapbox. And then later, you needed to have a radio show or a television show, a newspaper or magazine column, or perhaps celebrity status. And that's changed, too, because now a lot of it is social media. You need to build your contacts, your customers, your followers, your fans. You need to keep up with them, uh, even having a website isn't enough. You have to drive people to the website and promote as much as possible. Sounds pretty difficult, I must say. But as Benjamin wrote to me, you have to have persistence. You have to enjoy banging your head against the wall. Never quit. Have faith. Vision. Love the or art more than the potential payoff. And that's really true. If you need to produce a book, if you need to speak to an audience, if you know you have a wonderful idea and you have to share it, if you have great taste and know what a beautiful photograph is, or if you take beautiful photographs yourself and you, and your medium is books, which it is for me, then you've got to get that word out and you have to do it any way you can. But don't do it for the money. 
because you'll be a little disappointed. You can make money by using the book as a promotional tool, but you're not going to become the next uh, Stephen King by writing an illustrated garden book. As you know, if you listen to this show, that I'm a kind of half-empty cup kind of guy. So I, I do always look at the, I could say, realistic side of everything. But I make books because I have to make books. It's what I do, and it's, it's really what I do best. And if you have the drive and the vision and the desire and the persistent will to create a book and to get it published, do it. Do everything you can to do because it's really worth it and there's nothing quite like a book. So please join me again next week for another edition of Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show, or sometimes I like to say Gardening 2.0. And keep your eyes out for my next book that's coming out in April. It will be my 20th. I'd love to hear your comments or more questions on the subject. I hardly touched on it. Join me again next week on Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show.